your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. If you want to get in here, 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. You're going to have Lacrosse Independence. Eric Timmons on with me. We're going to talk about something called PB. It's called peanut butter. No, it's called participatory budgeting. Uh, it's an article he wrote recently for the Lacrosse Independent on the idea of having uh, the community decide a uh, percentage of the city's budget and what they want to do with it. I don't know how we could do that. Maybe just go to the comment section on Facebook. Just determine it there. We'll just get into that and probably try to have some fun with it. Creative ideas. How how would we how you know take take a percentage of the budget and decide how we were going to use that as a community? How would we go about doing that where everyone has like a decent say, right? Like seems like a difficult process unless you just go to Facebook and then <laughs> um COVID nineteen update. I just put that up on the website. Uh, hospitalizations in the state, 141. Yesterday, there was 108, which was the second most. And today, there's 141. Governor announced they're going to open a field hospital. Or they, they are going to open a field hospital that they, they had built back in, I think, April. Because we were kind of like, what's going to happen? This contagious virus. And is everyone going to get overwhelmed like New York? we got to build these hospitals. Apparently, that field hospital has been there the whole time. And now we're going to open it up because now we are at the point where hospitals are at capacity. I will say that hospitals don't appear to be at capacity here in La Crosse, but the metric that the um, community uses, the COVID, the Cooley COVID-19 collaborative, uh, the metric has gone from green to yellow in, in terms of uh, new hospitalization rate. Uh, they, they don't have... a any data points that tell you how many more people have been hospitalized? Every other county that that is posting this stuff, so I I can tell you every county but Winona, um, Vernon County added has four in the hospital right now currently. Tremplo has two in the hospital currently. Monroe has four in the hospital currently. Houston has none in the hospital currently. So that's where we're at there. We and we know how many active cases. There are, I think we do know active cases in the, with the COVID collaborative. Let me try to figure it out. Uh, do we know active cases? No, I guess we don't. We know the positivity rate is 15.5% and the average cases is 38. Uh, oh, there it is. Total active cases. I knew we had it. 1,106 people in lacrosse, uh, 1,100 lacrosse county residents currently are trying to recover from COVID-19, but we don't know how many are in the hospital. That's just the, the number that would be cool if they added just one more metric, right? Because that's the one that we all want to know about. And we can get into this with Eric Timmons too, uh, the idea of of uh, we don't want to go to the hospital, right? Like none of our, I feel like most people's health insurance has a pretty high deductible and maybe a lot of people have hit it right now. I'm like, boy, I hope I get COVID before the end of the year. 
so that I can go to the hospital because I'm over my deductible because on January 1st, it resets to $10,000, right? Like that, that's where we're at. That's how we, uh, that's how we deal with healthcare, right? Like, gee, I hope I get sick before my deductible resets on January 1st. It's the stupidest thing ever. You know, maybe uh, executive order about that. If we only could all helicopter to the hospital and get a bunch of elixirs shoved into our mouth and then recover <laughs> the way that went down. 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. Yeah, so mm, it doesn't look great across the state when it comes to COVID-19, but in La Crosse, nobody, apparently nobody knew went into the hospital from yesterday to today. So we're doing well there, right? Like that's good. The cases are still way too high, but they're coming down. I mean, they were 127 a day a couple of weeks ago. So they're now, you know, when they're at 20, 38 a day, that's okay. Like do we change, we move the goalposts every time on this. Ah, and when the state of Wisconsin has 2,200 cases like it did today, that's that's a lot. But when it's under 2,000 cases, we're like, ah, oh, at 2,300 cases today. But when we're under 2,000 cases, now we're like, ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> we're under 2,000. It's ridiculous. Um, and every state's going through this, uh, even in Iowa. So Iowa's good, you know, they're they're in a little bit different situation. You know, there's the, the hospital capacity, the hospital care is, is going to be different in Iowa. Their, their cases are surging as well, but they've had 900 cases. They had 15 deaths in the past 24 hours. But uh, Iowa governor Kim Reynolds said, we can't let COVID-19 dominate our lives. Um, she, she evoked that. So, uh, but they're, but they're at a point now where the hospitalizations are at a, at their peak and, Time to start maybe getting nervous in Iowa a little bit, but Kim Reynolds said they don't need to take any actions right now to reduce infections. Okay. Um, and Minnesota's kind of in the same boat. 900 cases, 69 hospitalizations. That's right up there with the most ever. They had 100 at one point. I mean, with Minnesota was hitting 20 deaths a day for a while, a couple months ago. They had 14 deaths today. So, um, yeah, also... It's kind of all the uh, Midwest thing. It's almost like the whole Midwest is contagious. All right, well, let's get to Brad in the news. I'm going to call Eric up and and get him on the line, and we'll talk about this idea of PB, letter P, B, participatory budgeting. It's kind of a hard word to say, participatory, but I got it out every time. I'm proud of myself. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Eric Timmons, the editor of the Lacrosse Independent, is on with me now. And Eric, you were on a couple, ah, was it a couple months ago? And we talked about yeah. some, something that I now I just don't remember. But did we take calls while you were on? I think we did. We did. I think. So I might put you through that again if, if, if anyone wants to call. 608 608- Seven eight five seven nine one four. I know. I know. One of the things we talked about was the the whole Jennifer Schilling uh, going to lobby for Dairyland Power, and then uh, you know after signing off on uh, uh, you know the seven hundred million dollar natural gas plant they're they're planning to build uh, up north. Though, um, but you 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 do have an article on here that that it, that sparked my interest in the idea. I don't know how this works, but participatory budgeting. So. 
Um, the idea that uh, we could take a certain percentage of what the, the city budget essentially and let the community decide how to use it. Yeah, we could take, you know, whatever percentage we decided, I, I guess. Well, um, I basically have a vote, you know, at, that everyone could vote in on, on what we do with that money. Um, you know, and so we, there would be a process beforehand for how to decide what kind of projects people might want to support. Um, you know, and this is something that goes on in, in cities all over the U.S. and the world already. Um, and so it's just kind of an idea for a way to sort of increase in engagement with our local government, which I think is a is an issue and something we need to work on. Now, how 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 much participation? The idea, you know, like a, in terms of an election, right? Like we got an election coming yeah. up in 2016, wasn't it? Like only 40% of the nation voted for president last election? Yeah, something like that, maybe a little bit higher. And I mean, for, for a local election, you know, it's often much lower than that. Yeah, so um, so this idea of, of uh, having uh, the community decide a certain amount of the budget, I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like there wouldn't be a whole lot of participation unless you really could, you know, unless you went like the North Korea route and forced everyone to vote. <laughs> that That's entirely possible. Um, but the place that I've been, that's been doing this uh, since 2011 that I've been reading about is New York. Um, they started off with a pilot project there. I think of four council districts in New York got a million dollars each. Um, and that they had, you know, process to select projects, all kinds of projects, and people voted on it. Now it's now they're up to, I think, all city council districts are close to it now participate, and they control, I believe, 35 or $40 million a year through that process. And what's interesting about there is it has increased participation in, in local politics. Um, you know, they have actual elections, um, and a lot of people, a lot of young people who who don't vote in um, regular city elections are turning out to vote there for this. Um, that's kind of a way of showing people that they have power, that they have a stake in the local system, right, which I think is, is what we want. Yeah, it's almost more important than anywhere else. And and the idea of maybe getting these people involved in, hey, this is how your city's going to spend your money. Oh, also, you know, you start to learn who's running the city and who's on the city council and who's on the school board and who's the mayor and, and, and everything. And maybe you, you start to want to challenge uh, those people when uh, come the next election, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the idea. More, more people get involved. Um, you know, and I also kind of want to counter this idea that I think is prevalent that, you know, we have no money, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing exciting. Um, but, you know, it, the city does face all kinds of constraints in, in raising money um, to do with property taxes and the state and stuff like that. But we do have a, a five-year capital budget that was approved this year for three hundred and eighteen million dollars. Um, you know, and there's all kinds of things in that. I'm sure, and I'm sure the vast majority of your listeners know very little about that document, right? Um, but you know, there's things like the thirty-six million dollar police station in there. Um, I personally don't think we, we need that, and I would have liked if there was more opportunity for people to discuss that and, and maybe look at other things we could have done with that money instead, you know. Uh, Evan texts in, he goes, the people deciding how government spends our money, question mark, that reeks of communism, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he actually uh, says he, he loves it. He's down in Verroca. He He's on board. He, he, 
Um, I think uh, the the artist, the the singer, rapper, what do you want to call her, Cardi B. A, a while ago, she you know she's kind of interesting once in a while when she dives into politics yeah. on Twitter. But she said, you know, if I'm going to pay all this in taxes, she was she's pretty rich. She's complaining about how much she pays in taxes. She wanted like a maybe like bullet points on where her tax money was going, how much of this is going. You know, uh, you know, three thousand dollars going here, three thousand, you know, whatever. Uh, it would be right. kind of interesting. This is kind of along those lines. Is at least we know, you know, we're, at least we know where this five percent is going. I guess we we would know where all this money is going. But you have to download a PDF to find the capital improvement budget for the next five years, and nobody wants to put another PDF on their phone, Eric. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of. You know the city t- does a decent job of, of putting a lot a lot of this stuff up on their website, but if you you know it's not necessarily that accessible or, or easy to follow. Um, but I, I hope also like to spark an interest in in, in how the council works and, and what it does. You know, and I think I kind of argue in that piece that for the most part we don't. You know, the city government could function pretty much as it is without the council, right? Um, because, you know, the council basically just votes up or down on things that the administration recommends, right? And so I would like to see a more activist council that's, you know, coming up with ideas, um, proposing things, challenging things, you know, disagreeing with the mayor and the, the city administration, which which they rarely do. Um, yeah, and of course, we have council elections coming up next year, I think, for about half of their council. And so I'm hoping we get a lot of candidates. I don't. I wouldn't like to see any of those um, incumbents who run again be unopposed. You know, we need we need a more diverse, we need a younger council. Uh, we need more poor people on the council, right? Because that's a perspective that I think is, is, is missing. You know, people, young, young moms, working class people, people who are broke, those are the people um, that I want to hear on the, on the city council. And it's a perspective I feel like is missing at the moment, right? Well, those t- those people don't have any time to be on the city council because they're working two or three jobs. So they, you know, they're working like sixty five hours a week. Yeah, that's fair. But I think <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. No, um, that, I mean that, that's completely true. But I, you know, I think we should, as a as a community, if those people are out there and, and want to run, um, get in get in touch with me because we can find ways to support those people on the council and make sure they can go to the meetings. Um, and I think those kind of people will do a better job than a lot of the people. No offense, who are on the council at the moment. <laughs> uh, we're speaking with La- uh, Lacrosse Independent editor Eric Timmons. So go to lacrosseindependent.com and you can just go and and hit about us and find the contact information there. Um, you got some pushback on this article and, and the idea of uh, you know participating in in the budget and. You know, if we allocated 5% of the city's budget and how would we vote on it? But the, the lacrosse does this a little bit, right, through the Neighborhood Association? Yeah, there is. Um, I guess you could kind of call it an, ex- an experiment in participatory budgeting that, that goes on through the Neighborhood Associations, um, which is good and, and should be welcomed. But it's, it's relatively small. The Neighborhood Associations also don't cover all of the city um, and I'm not sure if most people know a whole lot about the neighborhood associations or how they work. Uh, but the, the difference between one of the differences between that and what I would see as real participatory budgeting is that we, you know, I'm talking about having a citywide vote, um, and anybody could vote in that pretty much. We could. Lo- I would lower the voting edge to 16. Um, I don't care if you're documented or undocumented. You, if you live in La Crosse, uh, you could vote in this in this thing. Um, and, you know, 
as I said, I you know the neighborhood associations are great, but they tend to be a lot of the kind of same people who go to all of the meetings are involved and are involved in everything in lacrosse. A lot of great people, but we want to bring new people in, right? People who 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 are not involved in politics at all, who never vote. Those are the people that I would hope something like this could inspire, could show them that they have power and that they have a say in how their resources are spent in the community, right? Yeah, and, and okay, so if we took we took a percentage of budget and the in the in the city voted, how what would they? What are some examples of things that we would vote on? Like you know. Uh, would it be something like improving the Green Island Ice Arena ice rink so that we could play hockey there or adding tennis courts, or would it be something different than, sure. from, from that? Or would it just be anything and everything? It would be anything and everything. You know, the the way they do this in New York, I think they have six or seven, you know, they six or seven months of, of meetings and a whole process to come up um, with ideas. They have uh, neighborhood meetings, right, Um and uh, where, where ideas are talked about and what are the things we need in our community. And that's how they come up with a list of projects. And then you could have a ranked choice vote. And so it could be absolutely anything, you know. Yeah, you bring uh, up you bring up, you bring up ranked choice voting. And actually, it just sparked – I, I kind of wondered how, how we would determine, you know, what wins. Um, it's something yeah. that I want to get into, and maybe we can get into it after the break. But uh, I'm gonna I'm going to put Eric from Sparta's calling in. Eric, you're on the air with Eric. And uh, go ahead, battle the Erics here. Yes, I'm kind of wondering, uh, what what side of the political spectrum are you representing? The right, the left, the far left, or just weirdo? Uh, I, I, I'm coming from the far left. I would describe myself. I, I, I think, think you're a weirdo as far as I'm concerned. You're nuts. All right. <laughs> you should have said, you, should have said uh, you, you were the editor of the Lacrosse Independent. Independent, and uh, that would have taken care of it because then independent means you're independent, right, Eric? Well, yeah, pretty much. I'm definitely I'm independent of the Democratic or the Republican Party for the most part, but I would consider myself to be a Democratic Socialist. Would be my politics. Um, yeah, yeah. So when uh, when uh, who was it? Who was it? Evan texted in before, and he says this reeks of communism. I mean, you're basically a communist. <laughs> Basically, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get Scott's comment coming up, the news, and we'll be back with Eric Timmons from the Lacrosse Independent after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Lacrosse Independent editor Eric Timmons on the phone with us. We're talking about some of the some of the ideas. Uh, one of these ideas he had for participatory. Uh, budgeting, uh, the idea that uh, the city sets aside a couple billion dollars uh, for the community to decide how they want to spend that money. Um, we, could, we could do this for all. We, could we do this for the whole budget? Let's just do it for the whole budget, Eric. Well, no, maybe not. There are, you know, there are things like the, you know, there are things where we should lean on the professional city staff, like the wastewater treatment plant, right? Maybe maybe we don't want everyone voting on how, you know, what the, the chemical mix needs to be in the in our water treatment plant or things like that, right? But we could certainly vote on it for a lot of, um, like, community projects, you know, things to do with the library and our schools and healthcare and things like that. Yeah, the, the idea of building a, I think it's like a $190,000 kayak building on Pettibone Park uh, just to hold kayaks and have a little open-air building in there. 
Um, we could probably yeah. we could probably reallocate some of that money to do something else with. Uh, <laughs> I think my house costs less than one hundred ninety thousand dollars. It might be one hundred eighty. I just remember it being uh, more than my house. And uh, you, it, the the building's cool if you ever seen it, and it holds kayaks. And there's a little office yeah. in there where a worker takes you know a couple bucks so you can use a paddleboard. But um, yeah, I think we could we could have probably built a cheaper building. Perhaps. I, I actually have used that building, and I like. I think that's a good resource. I like that building, and I like the, the kayaks there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, cheaper. Um, we could also reallocate some of the funding to build my canal system through Riverside Park so that uh, uh, when boaters come in, instead of building a dock on the Mississippi River, we could have boaters come into, like, a harbor, and they could boat, they could boat through and just park in Riverside Park, and then we could have a little harbor in there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I would, I would support that. I, yeah, I have tons of ideas. I just nobody, nobody listens to me. Um, the, the idea, though, the, the the process here to get these ideas to the forefront, we kind of do this. You, we talk about the, doing this through the neighborhood association, but we also kind of do this uh, with this group called Lacrosse Soup. Have you ever participated in Lacrosse Soup? A uh, couple of people propose ideas, uh, inventions, whatever uh, you know, and then they. The, Everyone that comes donates five dollars, and uh, then they all vote. Everyone that votes on that votes for uh, the best project. Yeah, and I guess you know that that basically is what what this is. Except this would be you know this would be a public process using all of our uh, tax resources, and so the potential would be to do fun things for millions of dollars rather than a couple thousand dollars, right? So right, and there's no it, soup. And there's no soup. Well, we we could inco- we could have soup too, you know. That there's you know if they if it was called lacrosse and there wasn't soup, so I don't know what you would call it lacrosse projects. I think less people would show up because I think most people just show up for the five dollars uh, all you could eat soup. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, but the idea here, you know, in 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 a serious note, the the idea here with uh, participatory participatory. Uh, budgeting is uh, it would be rank choice voting, and this is some this is an idea that you know is starting to spread across the the states here in different different uh, localities are are using rank choice voting. Um, but to use rank choice voting, uh, it, it would be a couple of step process. Do you want to try to explain to everybody what rank choice voting is? Ooh, um, <laughs> sure. It's a it's a it's a better it's a fairer way of doing elections than. Than um, a winner takes all or first past the post system, right? Um, which a lot of countries use. And so you have, you know, if there's five or six candidates running for an office, you can rank them one, two, three, four, and five. And then, then there, there, there will be several counts, right? So if I have you as my second choice candidate, um, after my first choice candidate is eliminated, then my second. Um, Choice votes for you will be distributed to the other candidate, right? Um, it's kind of complicated for me to explain on on, on the hoof here. The, but but the, the, uh, the end process here is the winner would get fifty percent of the vote. We don't we don't get a winner from everyone that's running the in the election until somebody gets fifty percent of the vote or more. Right. Correct. Yeah. It's a more proportional system. Um, I think it's a better system. Um, of course, most of these. Um, other countries have uh, multiple parties versus just versus our two parties as well. So, but uh, you know, if we if we want to use it in participatory budgeting on capital projects, it would be kind of, I guess, an experiment in ranked choice voting. And that you know, who knows 
uh, where I could go from there. Yeah, we almost need like a little practice run on how to do it, and then everyone be like, "Oh yeah, this process is awesome. Why are we doing? Why are we running? Uh, you know, the Democrats have have their campaign, and two Democrats run against each other, and two Republicans run each, against each other, and then we pick the winner there." And, uh, you know, we can't vote for the other one just, you know, just in case our vote doesn't count. Like if there's a third party, uh, th- this idea would bring other parties in. Uh, Trimble Tom is calling in. Trimble Tom, you're on the air. Go ahead. I would like to ask your guest if he would be interested instead of taking a vote on, for instance, the kayak facility, if he would be glad to just send in some money and have people that wanted a kayak facility, if they would just send in some money and they could fund it that way. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think uh, taxation is a better way to do it. Uh, progressive taxation. Um, there are people who have a lot of money in this community who should be taxed at a higher rate. I would rather use their resources. Uh, our matter, constitution, think- our, our constitution does not allow uh, the Fourth Amendment specifically on property rights, which is your income and your and your money to go ahead and have it extorted by other people for use as they see fit. So your your ideas are just uh, not constitutional and inappropriate. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree. I think uh, we've had progressive taxation in this country for a long time, and nobody has been able to successfully change it. So I think it is constitutional. And I think probably uh, the caller and I would disagree on how is created, right? I think we all create wealth. I don't think, like, you know, Jeff Bezos is worth however many hundred billion dollars. I don't think he earned all of that himself through his own work. I think we, as a, as a society, had a part in generating that wealth, and so that I think we should all have, um, you know, he should not be allowed to have that much wealth, and we should be able to use a lot more of that wealth for the betterment of all of society. But that's just what I think. Uh, we got a text in from Joella. She said, "Rank choice voting is the way out of our current lesser of two evils trap!" Exclamation point. We've got multiple exclamation point texts today. Uh, we're speaking with Eric Timmons. He's the Lacrosse Independent editor. Uh, another article you had up here uh, was was just kind of flip. I was just going to um, jump ship from the participatory budgeting, but uh, you, you you have a, a story about public housing, and a lot of people in the lacrosse community have applied for for public housing. Um, are you comparing this to, I don't even know if the, is this a lot of people you see 366 people have applied for public housing in, in lacrosse? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of people. It's, it's 366 people are on the waiting list for public housing, right? Oh yeah. Um, and the waiting list for section eight housing is actually closed. They're not taking on, uh, taking on any more applicants. Um, and so I, I think that illustrates the need for more. Um, public housing, um, genuine public housing in La Crosse. And going back to the participatory budgeting um, or the city budgets in general, I, you know, that's something where I think the city should get more involved. Again, going back to, say, a $36 million police and fire station, the $42 million renovation of the La Crosse Center or a lot of these kind of TIF projects and things like that. And, you know, we could have a debate about the intricacies of financing all of those things, but I think we should use that kind of money, which the city could do. The city can borrow money at a very affordable rate right now, and we should use some of that money to build housing for people. Um, and I think that will 
that will benefit the local economy tremendously and also help people out if we were to do that. But, you know, public housing has been uh, underfunded in this country for generations. And, you know, the hundreds of people we have on, on waiting lists here is a sign of that. All right, Libertarian Guy is calling in. Libertarian Guy, you're on with Eric and, and Rick. Go ahead. Hey, all right, sounds good. Um, I just will preface this by saying I just tuned in now, and so I missed a lot of the conversation. But what caused me to call in was hearing Trempolo Tom. And I agree with Trempolo Tom. Um, one of the problems that we have in this country is politicians and other people that vote in these politicians just think that they're entitled to somebody else's money. Um, that they're entitled to the fruits of somebody else's labor. And then it gets transferred. And, of course, when it's transferred, there's always a cost associated with transferring it because somebody has to collect it in taxes, somebody has to redistribute it, that sort of thing. And it's just a really sad thing that there's so many people, including your guest, who thinks that they're just entitled to tax the the fruits of, of one's labor. And so so that's that's a big problem, and that's why we have um, you know, so much taxation. And the bottom line is it doesn't even matter what we're taxed because what the government doesn't collect, they simply borrow it and I, they print it. And it's, it's going to lead to the financial ruin of, of the country. I, I will so say... Just, and then I, just, to, just to change topics, just real quick, and I'll let you go. Um, the, the idea of ranked choice voting, I definitely support that. The libertarian candidate, Joanne Jorgensen, I believe, is going to do better in some states. I can't think of which state it is. I want to say Connecticut because of ranked choice voting. And libertarians stand for eliminating taxes as much as they can. And so I'd encourage all your listeners to consider voting for her. And the, I'll leave it at that. The part of the conversation you, you did miss is the idea that we're going to we're gonna set aside part of like this lacrosse budget. We're going to set aside a, a percentage of that, 5%, 10%, and then let the community decide what projects – uh, we would vote on, and that's that's where the rank choice voting comes in. We have, uh, you know, hmm, however, okay. however we get to these projects. Eric, how how do how do other cities get to the idea? Like, here's here are the ideas we want to uh, propose to the city that they they use this, uh, you know, five ten percent of the budget on. Um, well, they have, you know, there's different ways you could do it. We could have an we could have an online process where people submit ideas. But I think I would like if we had. Uh, neighborhood assemblies, um, or we just have big meetings. Obviously, this would probably have to be post-COVID, but where we have big meetings, um, where where we just, where we talk about the ideas. Um, these could be organized on a neighborhood level, um, and each neighborhood could elect delegates um, that would go uh, and have a, a citywide vote on the projects, and then maybe we come up with a list of nine or ten projects. But but I just want to say to your last caller, you know, I think he may have more common, more in common with me than he thinks, because he he's, he doesn't like the idea of politicians doing things against his will. But what we're talking about here is having more control over politicians, and more democracy, right? And so I think he and I would would probably agree about that. Um, you know, and as far as his question, his stuff about taxation, um, you know, I would just ask our listeners to think about the kind of. Um, the inequality, inequality that we see in the U.S. today, and is it okay that... Um, and when he's talking about taxation, by the way, as we saw with the president, the very wealthiest in this country are usually not paying any taxes, or they're paying very little tax in tax a lot of the time. And so is he okay with living in a country where someone who, you know, a nurse or a teacher or some kind of worker is paying more in taxes than the very wealthy? 
Um, that's the kind of question we need to be asking. And I, obviously the answer is no. We should be taxing the wealthy at much higher rates. And, and working families should be um, paying less in taxes and also be getting more for those taxes, more public assets, uh, better health care, better public transport, all of those kind of things. Uh, who's going to play Leslie Nope in the uh, in these giant meetings when COVID's over? That's uh, what Candace texted in. Um, Do you I don't know? know, maybe Gary Podesky. <laughs> Gary Podesky. Leslie Nope is uh, the, the, the main character in Parks and Rec, for those of you that don't watch uh, <laughs> ridiculous TV shows. Um, that that are that are aren't happening anymore. I guess that that show is over. <laughs> it ended. Um, all right. So so the idea here too, you know, if we distributed also if we distributed soup to these meetings, more people would participate. And you said you talked about like maybe having an online vote or something. Um, you know, yeah. I've heard I've had other people, other city workers on. And talking about how we decide a lot of these things in politics, uh, we have city council meetings. And, uh, you know, if 50 people showed up for a city council meeting, an outrage of, you know, like like the Green Island Ice Arena ice rink wasn't going to be managed anymore. And maybe they were going to get rid of it because it's going to cost millions of dollars to fix the ice rink. Well, when 50 people show up to that city council meeting, they're like, oh, my God, 50 people showed up. We, We need to change we need to change our vote, and I don't know if the city council has swung one way or the other. If fifty people show up to a meeting on one thing, but um, the idea that we 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 would change uh, our ideas, our, you know, we would change our policy based on something like that seems a little ridiculous because a lot of people are just like, yeah, I don't I don't really want to go to a city council meeting and listen right. to all that. No, that, that's a good point. But again, the participatory budgeting would be like an election. You know, like the kind of elections we have when we, you know, like a city council election, except to be voting on projects. But you know, I I take your point about you know the council being swayed when you know ten or twenty people show up at a meeting. Although to be honest, um, you know, for the vast majority of of cases, almost nobody shows up to, at all to city council meetings, and that's a much bigger problem. And that gets to my point that people are just not engaged with their city government and um, I'm not sad and it's something something we should change and the city needs to do a much better job the council needs to do a, a much better job of outreach and explaining to people how the, the city works and seeking more input and um, you know really getting out into the community instead of uh, expecting people to show up to these city council meetings at awkward times and speak in front of a group of people you know, and have to submit to all these strange bureaucratic rules that people don't understand if they don't watch this, or if they don't follow this stuff carefully. And, you know, that's part of the problem, and that's kind of what I'm getting at with participatory budgeting, is to have to actually have less bureaucracy in how we run our city government and make it more welcoming so that more people can get involved. Would we uh, include Facebook comments in the uh, in the voting? Because sometimes I feel like a lot of people are swayed. Uh, even in the government, they read the Facebook comments on either the Tribune or the Wisdom News web, uh, Facebook page, or you know WXOW. They're reading the look at it, look at how outraged all these people are. We need to you know we need to change our policies. And it's like the only people that are commenting on Facebook are people that are outraged. If I agree with something, I maybe I'll hit like. But I'm not going to comment on it. So I, it's just a kind of a funny concept. There was social media is the demise of society. I think. Yeah, I agree. With you. The, the discourse on social media at the moment it's just awful. And uh, you know, maybe this is naive, but I I, ha- I have an idea of people getting together in these kind of neighborhood assemblies 
um, and that and people talking neighbor to neighbor, and that maybe we could find out that at least on a community level, we agree on a lot more things than we disagree with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're getting a call here. Caller, who's this? You're on the air. Uh, this is Tammy. Hey, you, you go ahead. You're on. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to say I also agree with Trimbolo, Tom, and that just a couple of definitions for you. What your uh, guest is espousing is called socialism and redistribution of wealth, and that actually we don't live in a democracy. We live in a democratic republic. Thank you. Okay. And uh, Eric's back. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree absolutely. We do not live in a democracy. Um, I want us to live in a democracy. And, um, you know, participatory budgeting, unfortunately, is a long way from socialism. And actually, I think, you know, I'm sure uh, we, you know, the word socialism has been thrown around a lot at the moment. And people say, for example, that Joe Biden is a socialism, which is absolutely absurd. He is the furthest, the furthest thing possible from a socialist imaginable. Uh, as a legitimate socialist, I can say that. So, yeah, um, if you know, I, I have no problem being called a socialist. I am a socialist, and I'm proud of it. And there's a lot more socialists in this country than there was a few years ago, and there's going to continue to be a lot more. Yeah, the idea of uh, setting aside part of our tax money in our city budget to allow every citizen to decide where some of that money gets distributed, how we're going to... You know, whether, you know, hey, we want to we want to build more playgrounds or we want to invest in uh, this business or we want to, you know, put it into the lacrosse center. Uh, Yeah. The idea of letting society, essentially the city, the people that live in the city decide where their money gets spent. um, God, that sounds awful, Eric. It sounds terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it it is actual it would actually be democracy. And, uh, you know, it, it saddens me when we have uh, a caller like the last person who I'm sure if, if if we sat down, we'd also have a lot in common. But it saddens me that she doesn't believe in democracy because, um, you know, it, I do believe in democracy passionately. and I think it's a good thing. And, um, you know, I, I don't know why uh, she would not want to believe in democracy, which means people deciding how we run our society. Right. What's wrong with that? Yeah, everyone's just mad because they built a kayak building and you like it. So, um, all right, that's all the time. <laughs> that's all the time I got, man. Hey, thanks a lot for for joining me and uh, check out Eric's work at the lacrosse uh, at lacrosseindependent.com. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow.